The following is an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. This is the Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, hosted by Bruce Gresham, the Principal Strategic Advisor of Applied Vision Works. An in-depth look at how Bruce and President Don Hadley help businesses reach their long-term goals. Here's your host, Bruce Gresham. Welcome to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast, brought to you by Applied Vision Works. I'm your host, Bruce Gresham, and I'm so grateful to be a part of the Applied Vision Works team. We're a business coaching firm that partners with business owners and teams to build a better quality of life, stronger organizations, and attain greater achievements. You can learn more at AppliedVisionWorks.com or give us a call at 919-739-2980. Today, we have on the podcast, Deborah Korn, the Intergalactic Ambassador to the Printerverse at the Print Media Center to discuss building a powerful content marketing program and talk about marketing. Deborah, I just love your title. I love how you do stuff at the Print Media Center. Thanks for uh, being on today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really do appreciate it. You and I have only had the chance to hang out maybe two or three times in person, but you are one of the most fun people (laughs) I have ever been around in a business setting. You just, you light up the entire place. And so I think this is going to be a fun conversation around how small business owners and leaders can really pep up their marketing heading into to 2021. First question, just tell us a little bit about the Print Media Center as well as your career. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I started out in advertising uh, as a production person. I came in through traffic and worked my way up to the director of production. And I did that for over 25 years. And the final time I lost my job in advertising was in 2008. And I opened up a LinkedIn group called Print Production Professionals, which has now grown to be the number one print group in the world. And through that, I actually developed a content marketing strategy because LinkedIn owns the audience. Technically, it's their platform. Mm -hmm. And so I was limited in how I could engage with that audience uh, because they had rules applied to their platform. So um, a website was developed called Print Media Center, and the original idea was to tap directly into the audience to find out what they needed to know, to find out what they were interested in, to find out questions and concerns. And then the audience also, the magnitude of it at this point now, it's almost 200,000 people, gave me, let's say, a battering ram to the formal side of the industry, the the vendors, the people who make presses and paper and all that kind of stuff to tap into them and say, look, I've got a, a community that needs answers and resources. And so everybody kind of came together. And that's why I declared myself the intergalactic ambassador, not the supreme ruler, because what did I know I'm from I was an advertising person you know but what I was able to see were all the disconnections and the way that I could serve the bigger picture by bringing people together so um, I like to say that print media center provides print inspiration and resources to print and marketing professionals and I have been doing it since 2010. I love how you kind of took the last time we had a crazy downturn and really changed the game in a dramatic way and and made a path for for yourself. It, it's really inspiring. 
And so for business leaders who are are listening and don't know where to start, what are the two to three initial, maybe even baby steps, if you will, that they should take to build a powerful content marketing program? Well, Bruce, I mean, I guess you can, content is a big word. You know, what does content mean? I'm just going to, I'm going to define it now as a method to which for the purpose of creating engagement, that engagement could be a million different things, but that's kind of the overall way I'm going to define it. The first step to me would be to define the intention. What is it that you want that engagement to do? And for very lofty examples, you can have sales content, you could have marketing content, you could have educational content, you could have general good of your industry content, which sets you up as a thought leader. Uh, So really understanding what your plan is and how you're defining yourself and what your motivation is in that because authenticity will ooze through your content the same way as being inauthentic will. So for example, and we can help you do that inauthentic to most people who read content and then they get to the end and it was just, oh, you only wanted to sell me something. You only wanted me to do something. You weren't just, you know, giving me information. Once you have your intention, the second step to me would to be creating a strategy around that intention. And what do I mean by that? To me, the most important thing is immediately establishing trust with the people that you want to engage with. And that does encompass that bait and switch that I just mentioned before. It does include making sure you're not creating headlines that are just clickbait, that there's actually substance. And it's not, you know, for example, there was a lot of maybe five, six years ago, there was a lot of print is dead, is print dead. And and you click on it and it would say, of course, print is not dead. And it got so annoying and inauthentic that nobody trusted that message and that content anymore. Strategy includes a cadence. Are you going to deliver content once a month, once a week? Understanding that part of that is also monitoring the audience and how long it takes for your content to penetrate far enough that there is talk about it online, or there are clicks on your website, or people are sharing it on social media and watching that and trying to learn about how your audience wants to consume your content. And also how you might have a significant part of your audience that prefers to watch videos than read a blog or prefers to listen to a podcast than watch a video. You have to kind of figure these things out as you go along. And the last part of strategy to me is that the intention and the strategy should be to give and give and give and give, 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 give everything to the audience, give everything to the people that you want to attract before you dare ask for anything. And what am I asking for? Take a demo, sign up for my newsletter, follow us on Facebook. Like it's sometimes it's just too hot out of the gate. There's no dating. Everybody wants to go right right to marriage. (laughs) And third part of this strategy actually comes first in a lot of ways. So it is get your house in order. Do not engage in a content marketing strategy and think you're going to bring back 
people to a site that has not been updated since 1986, that is not accessible on every device that you could possibly imagine, and is can serve the community with easy navigation. They can understand what you can do. More importantly, you can understand how company that you're engaging with can help your business grow and deliver results for you and creating potentially verticalized landing pages for content if you are specifically going after the publishing industry or the retail industry so that I don't land on something that I then have to navigate. In other words, make it really simple for people to do business with you. And of course, make sure that all your social media connection mechanisms are on the site. I don't really think contact forms are the best thing in the world anymore. A lot of times they go into a vacuum. Um, I would even say so look into chatbots and things like that, depending upon what type of business you're in. It's a little advanced, but understand that the goal here is if you bring people to your site, you want them to do business with you, make it very simple for them to get in touch with you. And the last thing in my get your house in order section is an about us section. I cannot tell you how important it is, especially now that people understand who they are doing business with, not just what you can do for them and highlighting the history of your company, whether it's new or old, that, that does not matter, but I should be able to get a feeling about you. It's deeper than a forensic list of capabilities. And that can also manifest in in bringing in customer testimonials and, and other things, what other people say about you. But I think it's really important that there is an ability to make a human connection through a digital medium. And that to me is the best way of doing it. Those are three excellent points. And a normal person would go through them with you, one, two, three. But let's do it in reverse order, kind of like what you said about number three is almost the most important around getting your house in order. What are maybe the top one or two things that are just absolutely critical to to getting your house in order? You know, I know you mentioned an About Us page, um, you know, having some sort of history. What are some other tips and tricks around getting your house in order? Most important is that you have a responsive website. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in big trouble. So let's just let's just put it that way. Go look it up right now. Turn off this podcast. Come back later. Go go look up responsive and say why haven't we done this in the last ten years? The other thing is that when I go to your website, immediately I should understand how you can help me. A lot of people on their website talk about themselves as opposed to talking to the people that they want to do business with. In, in a home page is a content marketing strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to intention. It goes back to you maybe having three sections. I have a sales section, a marketing section, an educational section, and a general knowledge about your industry section, fun facts. I mean, any anything like that. The other thing, and this is going to sound really weird. This is one of these, this is one of my crazy Deborah Korn pet peeves, copyright dates. I know this sounds insane, but to me, if I go to a website and it says copyright 2018, I don't believe that these people pay attention to details. Therefore, why would they pay attention to details with my job, with my business? It is 
the first thing I look for is to see if they are current. And if they are not, unfortunately, they could actually be updating their website without updating the copyright line. But I'm telling you, it is something that drives me insane. Also at industry presentations, by the way, when I see PowerPoints and I see copyrights from like 2017, I'm like, well, why, why am I here? You know, I, you could have just sent me a PDF from three years ago. Like, so that, that is excellent. And we, we've seen that so often with, with our clients where copyright dates, those things are updated. And actually one of the pieces of our program is really having a cadence, almost kind of like what you talked about around every month, every quarter, these are the things that we touch in the business, whether it's looking at marketing, it's uh, reviewing operational processes, it's reviewing our sales processes or customer service processes. It's just something that you need to do so that it doesn't kind of pile up on you and all of a sudden, five years down the road, everything kind of in the the background of your business is outdated and it's really about continuous improvement, continuously updating things. Yeah. And Google rewards you for that too. The longer your website sits stagnant, the more Google gets bored with it. And then is when you have to maybe start looking at a strategy of pumping money into Google in order to get move higher up in the search engine. Now, Google rewards you for feeding the beast, what I call, by giving it new content. It also rewards you when you have a site that is so quick and optimized and navigatable and responsive that when people click on a Google search engine, they get a result that's valuable for them, therefore making Google a valuable destination to to uh, do a search on. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but there are other options out there and it does matter. So it is a way of helping you get found more often by putting more content on your site and updating it. People seem to be very mystified by Google and how can I get on the first page of Google because that's where great websites go to die is pages two, three, four of, of Google. What are some keys to using Google to your advantage or using Google Analytics to to your advantage? Okay, well, I'm going to preface that I'm not an SEO expert, but I have Mm -hmm. done um, programming, especially this year, about this topic. And there are just certain things that people should let go. Like I'm going to be on the first page of Google, you know, by a random (laughs) web search, you know, like um, I'm looking for a business coach. Oh, there I am. You know, I show up. It does not work like that. Now, if I specifically search print media center, yeah, of course I'm going to be on the first page of Google. I'm looking for myself. The The bigger goal here is to use the content to bring the people that you want to attract to your website. And Google, if you can create titles for your blog and content, whether it's about your business or anything else, that is actually formed in some way that people search questions. For example, if I write a blog about an industry event that I have been at, I can say print industry event in 2020. Uh, So because that is actually something somebody might search and then in hyphen in the name of the event, as opposed to just saying the event, because more people are going to search a print industry event in 2020 or 2021 than they are the specific name of an event. So it's kind of a way of cheating the system a little. The same thing goes with how you name 
the images that you put on your site. You can apply answers to questions on them. For example, industry events in 2021 is how I might name it an image. So when someone searches that, my picture gets tagged in that result and therefore moves me higher up the search engine for the result of the question. So it's an interesting way of thinking about it. It sounds a little complicated. And again, there there are other ways too. I mean, there are tools that help you retarget website visitors and all that other kind of stuff. But, you know, that requires, uh, you know, a little help as opposed to this is MacGyvering SEO optimization. You brought up a really great point before around the audience and everyone is so kind of centered on what we do, how we do it, blah, 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 blah. And they don't think about it in terms of the audience. So one thing we work with clients on, not so much from a marketing perspective, but to have uh, the top leadership of the business be better at speaking with clients, speaking with investors, that kind of thing is basically an audience experience. And telling your story in terms of past, future, and then present. Um, So you kind of cement them in the future, and then you tell them how you're going to get to that future. And it's so very important, like you said, to really have the marketing tied in to the different audiences with whom you want to work. What are some tips or tricks that you have to to really honing in and dialing in on on specific audiences? So- I think it's interesting because when you say marketing, I think communication, like to me already, the intention might be exactly, you want something from the other person, you know, as opposed to communication, which is I'm sharing information about something that you might feel valuable. And that is actually the key. The most valuable content is the content that your audience finds valuable, not you. So what do I mean by that? Why do paper companies spend so much time talking to designers and sharing content that attracts designers? Because they want to create an audience of engaged designers who use paper, but they don't lure them in with, let's talk about paper. They lure them in by highlighting designers who've done really cool things with printing. So it becomes something that the design community wants to share amongst themselves. And it becomes a an organic lead generation tool because you are creating something that has value beyond what you do. The value is in creating an audience, a, a community around your products and services. Excellent. So Deborah, this has been really great knowledge around building a powerful content marketing strategy How can people learn more about you and the Print Media Center? Well, thank you so much for your time. I really look forward to, uh, you know, coming back and talking about the other two points. In the meantime, if anyone's interested, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Deborah Korn, like the vegetable, and printmediacenter.com is the website. Thanks so much, Bruce. So as always, I'm very appreciative of the great work by Chris Hooks and the team at WPTF. 680 a.m. Uh, to help us do this recording. You know, once the COVID craziness started, we we had to do this socially distanced. And 
across the web. So thank you, Chris and the team for uh, making this happen. Thank you so much for listening to part one of creating a powerful content marketing program with uh, Deborah Korn of the Print Media Center. Stick around and uh, listen to uh, part two. Thank you for listening to Building a Leadership Culture Podcast. You've been listening to the Building a Leadership Culture podcast with Applied Vision Works Principal Strategic Advisor, Bruce Gresham. Questions, concerns? Please email Craig Chase at cchase at appliedvisionworks.com or call 800-786-4332. This has been an exclusive presentation of 680 WPTF and Applied Vision Works. 